0: Hello, I'm James Cridland, the radio futurologist, and I do a newsletter every single week that you're not reading because you're listening to it instead. Uh, This one was written on August the 30th, and I'm going to stick it into the feed because I forgot to record it and hope that nobody notices. And I was talking about the people who don't listen to radio on a radio. Last week, uh, you know, from August the 30th, somebody sent me an email with a future topic idea, And their future topic idea was, how many radio receivers do we own today versus 50 years ago? And I asked my correspondent, do you mean radio receivers, or do you mean things that let you listen to radio stations? And his point was that there's lots more radio receivers and bits of radio technology than ever before in devices, which is true. Bluetooth chips, which broadcast at 2.45 gigahertz, normally contain FM tuners as well as part of the technology wi-fi at 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz is almost ubiquitous my home is blanketed by radio transmissions and receivers and they enable me to connect them to the internal network and from there the internet however there's some research to suggest that the amount of radio receivers things that are capable of picking up the analog transmissions of 99.7 the wombat are on the decline In 2020, the Infinite Dial from Edison Research reported that the average home has 1.5 radios. In 2008, it was three. And almost a third, 32%, claim that they have no radio receivers in their home at all. 32% is quite high, and that number in 2008 was just 4%. Streaming is now 12% of all traditional radio listening in the US, and in early 2020 it was 14% in the UK. Not sure what it is in Australia, they don't release an online breakdown, but perhaps they will do shortly. Anyway, the vast majority of radio listening is still, as you might have guessed, to broadcast radio to a radio receiver, but not in every household. In this house, well, I wake up to the radio every day, my daughter sleeps to the radio, I'll often listen to the radio while making dinner or sitting on the deck with a coffee. But for all of this radio listening, we don't have a single radio receiver. My definition of radio, an audio-first shared experience with a human connection, is deliberately platform agnostic for a reason, because many people are no longer using a radio to listen to the radio. And there's nothing wrong with that. Also, I linked to Internet FM. It's quite an interesting-looking radio app. Um, It's a humanly curated set of human-curated radio streams. It's put together by a man called Stephen, who lives in a basement in Chicago, a basement full of vinyl, which is the best kind of basement, I think. In Australia, Nine Radio released their financials. They're the owners of big talk stations 2GB in Sydney, along with 4BC in Brisbane, 3AW in Melbourne, and 6PR in Perth. They claim audience growth up 11% including a broadened demo, but revenue down 11%. Uh, If you're doing a local breakfast show where a caller was really excited about seeing Ronan Keating from Westlife in a a motorway services, or maybe Boyzone, Ronan Keating from Boyzone, I don't know what he was in. Anyway, it's a clever trick to realise that Ronan Keating does a breakfast show for your company on a different radio station. Uh, so um, what uh, the Viking FM breakfast show did is they simulcast a little stunt on both Viking FM in Hull, broadcasting from Sheffield, shh, don't tell anybody, and on Magic Radio across uh, the UK. Uh, I'll link to that, by the way, in uh, my newsletter. A slightly random video as well I link to from Chris Moyles visiting Radio Air in Leeds, which is now closed. Pulse comes from there instead. It was filmed for the BBC and it features Fat Chris rather than the more Trim Chris, um, which is a moniker that he gave himself in case you think I'm being unkind. So it's at least, I don't know, seven, eight years old now. But anyway, uh, it's quite fun. Also features... Um, the very excellent Carl Kingston, who we always used to do an impersonation of, which I will do an impersonation of now when I worked at The Pulse, which was, "Hi, it's me, Carl Kingston! You've got to do the uh, the whole um, uh, squashing your cheeks together uh, to do it. Uh, Anyway, uh, he's a top man, he's Carl Kingston. I met him for the first time, weirdly, in uh, Zurich um, about five, six or so years ago. Um, because of lockdown, so much TV at the moment in Australia is coming from the home office and very occasionally you see some quite nice reveals, which I link uh, to, of um, one sports reporter – no, a political reporter, actually – Um, zooming the camera back and you can see her kids doing some homeschooling next to her uh, in front of a blue screen. Uh, It's pretty cool. Um, Also, if you go back to May, uh, May the 25th, you'll find a long-form interview in Ian Dale's All Talk, which is a podcast with um, Gillian Reynolds, CBE, long-time radio critic and the first programme controller of Radio City in Liverpool and also the first female programme controller in the UK. It's worth a listen. And finally, RIP to WNDB's Mr Anti-Vax, a radio presenter called Mark Bernier, who, you know, as you might have guessed from calling himself Mr Anti-Vax, he died of COVID-19 at the end of August. A thank you to james masterton to richard hilton and to brun audio consulting for your ongoing support of this newsletter i'm very grateful to you buy me a slash james cridland is the place to go if you would like to buy me a coffee that would be very kind or you know five of them then that's good too my professional website has more details about who i am or what i do you'll find that at james.cridland.net and until next time keep listening